Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Bailey podcast, bringing you your daily dose of water polo today. I'm joined by Nick Porter, an internationally ranked goalkeeper for the Australian men's water polo team. With the Aussie Nationals, he earned a silver medal at the 2018 World League International Cup and was named to the 2018 Australian National All-Star Team. He continued his career at the University of Southern California, where he was named a four-time All-American and finished his collegiate career ranked four in all-time career saves for the Trojans. Without a doubt, Nick made a splash at USC, and I'm so excited to have him on today. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Bailey. Yeah, so you're calling from Barcelona today, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's currently six o'clock in the evening in Barcelona. So yeah, enjoying my time here so far. It's a beautiful city and um, yeah, everyone's really welcoming of me, which is nice. That's great. And what made you move to Barcelona? Um, so after I finished playing at USC at the end of last year, I uh, kind of wanted to take that next step and uh, become a, pro- a professional water polo player. Um, so to do that, your only real options are sort of in Europe. Um, so an opportunity came up for me to sign for this, uh, this club in, in Barcelona in Spain. And, um, yeah, it was a really good deal and uh, I couldn't really say no to it, to be honest. So yeah, signed on and that was in about, I'd say April or May. And then, yeah, obviously moved over here uh, just last week. So yeah, pretty, pretty recent local to Barcelona. Wow. That's awesome. How's the transition been? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm um, trying to pick up Spanish as quickly as I can. Um, so that's been that's been interesting. Not too many people in Australia speak Spanish, so it's um, been interesting. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, really cool. Like it's, I, I live in a great spot, um, just down on the beach at, at La Barceloneta there, which is a beautiful spot. So yeah, very lucky and, and enjoying it so far. And I've always felt like goalkeepers are the hidden heroes or unsung heroes of sports. How did you decide you wanted to be a goalie? Um, so I actually didn't really decide. It's kind of a funny story. I was playing as a field player um, back in, I think it was under 14s. And um, we got to the semifinal of our tournament that we were playing in. And um, our goalkeeper, I think he broke his nose or something. Like he, he, got, he got injured. It was a bad injury. And um, and our team needed a goalie, so they looked at the next sort of tallest, lankiest person, and um, it was me. So they threw me in the goals, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it and, and did pretty well to start with. So, yeah, kind of fell in love with it straight away and, and just kept going ever since. Yeah. And did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I did. I played a lot of uh, football, so soccer, football, um, and um, I loved that. I played that until I was about 14 and then um, had a, a pretty bad knee injury that kind of stopped me from playing soccer, so needed to do something that was less impact on my knees. Um, and then water polo, I was kind of playing that at the same time, and and that felt really good for my for my knees and felt really good for my body in general, so I just I kept doing that and, and loved it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of cross-training. I play field hockey and tennis, and I feel like my field hockey game and my helps my tennis game and vice versa. How do you feel like your cross-training helped your game in water polo? Oh, I think, yeah, certainly at the start it definitely did because the tactics between uh, soccer and water polo are quite similar and the objective is the same, right? Like you have a round ball and a team to support you and you've got to try and get the ball in the net. So um, there are a lot of tactics that were very similar and, and definitely some um, some physical skills that were quite similar to um, 
such as, you know, hand-eye coordination or foot-eye coordination that w- was in soccer. But just getting used to seeing that ball come in towards your body was, um, you know, a skill that I definitely learned from soccer and just being able to time controlling the ball, whether it be with your hand or your foot. So, yeah, definitely. I definitely think it, the cross-training did help at the start for sure. And as a goalkeeper, I mean, you're a lone wolf back there. Do you feel an added sense of pressure? Um, yeah, definitely. But I, I kind of really enjoy that pressure because it's very different to what everyone else in the pool is doing. Um, so as a goalkeeper, you're either going to be a hero or you're going to be the villain. So it's it's really, I really enjoy sort of living on the on the edge in that sense, and 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 you know playing under that pressure is is a lot of fun for me. So yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, performing better under pressure. Sometimes the pressure ups your game. You know, like you feel the pressure, and you're like, I'm I'm gonna step up to the challenge yeah 100 percent. yeah and it's you know definitely the spotlight is on you when you do something good and when you do something bad so it's just being able to also mentally deal with that and and you know try and stay as level-headed as you can so yeah it's really interesting definitely but with that pressure it can be quite isolating being back there by yourself but speaking of isolating you moved across the world for this sport I mean you moved to California um what was that process like and was American college always part of your plan um it was always something I'd wanted to do but um never really something that I I I would say that I seriously pursued um so right out of um out of high school in Australia I got a couple of offers from some day one schools and um just didn't really feel like the right fit for me at the time so I turned them down and and stayed in Australia and kind of just kept working on my game and then I had this really amazing opportunity come up from USC and you know I'd obviously known about USC water polo for a long time and and how prestigious it is so um when they made an offer to me or when they came to me and, and said you know we want you to be a part of our program I was I was pretty keen to get started and yeah I kind of just couldn't say no to that opportunity either so I've been very lucky just to have, you know, so many really cool opportunities come up. And, um, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, th- I'm, I feel very lucky as a result. So, yeah, it's cool. Definitely. Had you um, traveled to the States prior to attending USC or was that your first time? Um, so I'd been to the States before. I'd been to LA before. Um, but I I just sort of driven past SC or gone past SC on the train. So I hadn't really been on campus. The first time I went on campus was day one. So that was like, that was a pretty interesting experience in itself. Just everything was so new and then meeting a new team and, and staff and stuff like that. That was, um, that was pretty interesting for sure. And how would you describe your transition coming from Australia to coming to school for America? What was that like? And especially during COVID, um, did you have to stay on campus or were you able to go back home to Australia? Um, So, no, I wasn't able to go home to Australia. So I was very lucky that I had um, some very supportive people in my life uh, in the US. Um, So I was was able to stay uh, with them um, for, for the very start of COVID for the first sort of six months. And then an opportunity came up for me to, to come back to Australia and that was that was quite tough um, to that process because at that time you had to quarantine in Australia for two weeks once you'd, once you'd come in. Um, so that was really hard. And then only a month after I got out of quarantine, um, I was back flying back to the US because we got um, approval to have a postponed season uh, in January of 2021. Um, so I had to be back on campus in at the start of December to, yeah, do pre-season training for that. So, yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting time for sure. And definitely all the 
travel being away from home and stuff like that was was difficult but again it's one of those things you know you just kind of play the cards you dealt and and try and move forward as best you can yeah and you travel a lot for whether it's competition or you know for school how do you maintain your physical and mental health when you're traveling so much um yeah it's an interesting one it's it's definitely something that you know I'm still learning um you know I'm only 24 years old so you know still quite young in my career um but you know it's it's just about trying to stay as disciplined as you can you know making sure you're eating the right things and you know sticking to a training plan I I I always think the plan's the best way to to approach um your life as an athlete you know you have to have everything sort of planned out to make sure that you can perform at your best um so but yeah like I said definitely something I'm still learning about so with all the travel it's just you know I'm lucky that wherever I'm sort of traveling to I have options uh for training like I can train with a team or I can train with a coach or I have access to a pool or a gym so it's like it's pretty easy to sort of um, find those, those facilities and, and it's just like I said making sure you, you stay disciplined and, and on top of that. Definitely so how would you compare competing on the international level versus the collegiate level? Um, I was honestly surprised at how good the quality of college level was um, so I'd played internationally before going to college and and you know I, I kind of thought you know it would be a you know, still a good standard, but not quite near the same level of international and um, collegiate water polo in the bigger games. So, you know, when we're playing a rival school or a ranked opponent or it's a, you know, NCAA tournament, um, you know, those games can be very high quality and very fast and very physical. And and that's that's really cool to be a part of, you know, especially in my position as a goalie, like I can literally see everything that happens, which is really cool. So, um, you know, two guys are, you know, really getting into it and trying to get over the, their opponent. It can be really entertaining to watch from that angle. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's similar in standard, but internationally is definitely better just because you have so many professional athletes playing. But um, the collegiate level is still very high too. Yeah, and I was watching your USC highlights, and I have to say I love your energy. You're always pumping up your teammates. It's just your 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 vibe is great. Um, how do you feel like your energy in the water affects your teammates, and how do you think that that's important to your overall team's performance? Um, I think with that, I think that was important for that team. Um, I think, you know, we had – a really talented roster at USC, you know, a lot of really good players and our, and our coaching staff were, were brilliant as well. Um, you know, I just kind of felt like it was my responsibility when we were, we were defending to try and put some energy into the guys, you know, whether it be when one of them makes a block or a steal or if I happen to make a block or, you know, we force an error from the, the, the opposition, like I feel like that deserves some, some positive energy as a reward. Right. And I feel like that just kind of encourages the team or the individual to who you know did the did the good thing out out in the field um, to do it again. And I think that's that can be really important as well. So it's just uh, at that time, I just felt like it was important to encourage my teammates and and be positive and sort of be a bit of a presence. And yeah, I I, I hope it worked. I think it might have worked, but you, know, you have to ask my teammates. It, so it yeah, seems like it did. You were a very successful season, and you guys are a great team. So I think it definitely yeah. definitely was an asset for the team. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. You, definitely, you know that positive energy radiates like off you and your teammates, and it, it definitely affects the team culture. Um, but can you think of a time where you struggled mentally at USC um, and 
kind of talk me through the resources that you use to help you get out of that time? Yeah, definitely. So I think one that sort of really sticks out to me was was during COVID. So when I mentioned before, we had a postponed season that ran from January 2021 to March 2021. Um, And that was a really tough time because it was just athletes that were on campus and you weren't allowed to mix with other teams. So you were literally the only people you were allowed to see were your teammates and your staff. Um, And even then you had to have a mask on most of the time and daily COVID testing and it was just it and all you were doing with you were training twice a day and then logging onto zoom for classes like it was just it was a real punish some of the time because you were just doing the same thing over and over for what seemed like you know like eight years but it was really only a few months um and the resources that we sort of used to get out of it we would have sort of like daily check-ins um you know we'd all the boys would check on each other and, you know, the staff would, were really good at checking on us and obviously we were together every day so it was really easy to sort of keep tabs on everyone and, you know, as soon as some restrictions were lifted and we were able to, you know, do team meals and stuff together, we'd still do that and that was that was really good. So I guess we kind of leaned on each other for support and we were lucky in that sense that, you know, we're in a team sport and we can do that. Um, but yeah, I think that was, that's probably the standout time for me. That was, um, that was, yeah, that was tough, but you know, very, we were very lucky that we were able to train and we were able to play and, um, cause I know a lot of schools and, and, and athletes weren't able to. So, yeah. I can relate to that because my freshman year, um, 2020, it was only yeah. freshmen on campus and we would have two, two day practices, same thing and classes on zoom, but it was only freshmen on campus. So we were like, there's no fun. There's no socialization. And it's a huge part of your mental health. You have to be social and have a balance between academics, athletics, social. How do you maintain that balance as a professional athlete? Um, I think, you know, I'm very lucky in the sense here that like our, our schedules, uh, it's not too, um, time heavy. So what I mean by that is we will have two hour and a half sessions a day um, plus potentially an hour to an hour and a half gym. So, you know, you're not looking at anything more than four, four and a half hours a day. Um, So the rest of the time, you know, I can spend to, you know, get to explore a new city and meet new people and very lucky I actually have lots of Australian and American friends that are playing water polo in Barcelona this season too for, for different clubs. Um, so, you know, get to spend a lot of time with them and, you know, they're some of my closest friends. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting trying to, trying to balance everything, but I guess when you you have a schedule that's very, um, you know, or not as time heavy as, as other professional schedules, it can, you know, it can be a lot easier to, to find that balance. Yeah. And, and I know you mentioned, um, there's some other USA and Australian water polo players out there with you. What's it like competing on the international level against your former teammates? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think sort of the first time I really did that was against the, the US at World Championships earlier this year. Um, and we were staying in the same hotel as them. So I'd already seen them many times in the hotel before we played them and <laughs> You know, it was interesting just, you know, you walk past them and you, you want to say something and you can tell they want to say something, but you, you, you don't say anything just because, you know, you respect each other so much because we're such good friends. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, in the game, you know, 
Um, one of my teammates, I think, scored three goals on me in the game and every time he scored, you know, he'd, he'd say something. But it, it wasn't like a disrespectful chat or anything like that. It was very like, uh, in Australia, we call it banter. Like, it's like very friendly, like joking with your friends sort of thing. So, yeah, that was really cool. Um, and, you know, obviously we're very lucky to be in that position, right? Like we're playing for our countries against each other and, you know, you've got friends on the other team. It's, it's, a, it's a really special moment for sure. Yeah, and you know how to get in, under each other's skin. You know, you know your strengths and oh. weaknesses. You can pick on him if you want. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like one of the boys who plays the US and who's actually in Barcelona with me right now. Um, he, I actually used to live with him when I was at USC, so we really know how to get each other under each other's skin. It's um, yeah. yeah. Especially as a, goal, as a goalie, if your friends are forwards, they're directly shooting at you. It's very personal. Yeah, yeah. So, so they get to have the last laugh usually because they're the ones throwing something at me. So. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to dodge, and they're they're throwing it at you. Yeah, it seems, exactly. That seems unfair. Yeah, it seems a little unfair for sure. <laughs> so next, I want to shift gears, and I just want to end with a quick game. It's called the Seven Zens. Um, I'm just going to okay. ask you seven questions to find out how you remain Zen, and it's rapid fire. Oh, okay. All right, let's do this. Okay. So the first one is, what do you do when you feel extremely overwhelmed and anxious? Um, I will talk to someone close to me, either a family or a best friend or a friend. Yeah. Good answer. Um, after a long work day, what is something you do to feel more zen? Um, I love to just hang out in my room and like watch Netflix or something. Yeah, that's something I, I enjoy doing. Do you ever feel like on a team sport you need alone time? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, you're around so many people a day. And, um, yeah, I think it's really important just to, even if it's, you know, 10, 15 minutes, it doesn't have to be long. Just, yeah, taking some time for yourself I think is important. Yeah, a little mental uh, reset. Uh, what is something you watch or listen to that makes you more zen? Um, I love listening to a bit of like acoustic Australian music. It's like, yeah, that's really good for me just to sort of, uh, chill out. Yeah. It's what I listened to sort of growing up with, with my friends and stuff. So yeah, definitely a good, useful tool for me. What smell makes you feel the most zen? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably some of like mum's home cooking for sure. <laughs> What's the best thing she makes? Oh, that's a good question. I think <laughs> her pasta, like spaghetti bolognese, it's the best. It's the best. Oh, I'm Italian. You're speaking my language. Um, <laughs> when faced with this adversity, what's the first thing you do? Um, yeah, probably again talk to someone close to me, or um, or you know, at least immediately um, just take a few deep breaths. Try and kind of give yourself as much time as you can to analyze the situation, but. Try not to overanalyze at the same time. Yeah. How do you prepare yourself in the morning to enter the day with a good mindset? Um, I think, yeah, wake up with plenty of time to get to where you need to be. Um, you know, have a good shower, have something to eat, um, you know, put on some music or something. Just, yeah, try and, try and start your day with as much positive sort of energy as you can. Definitely. And final question, when do you feel the most at peace with yourself? Um, oh, when I'm surrounded by people that I care about, for sure. I, I'm definitely a social creature and, and, you know, really enjoy 
being around friends and family. So yeah, when I'm around sort of people that I, I love and I care about, then yeah, I definitely feel at, at, at the most ease for sure. I totally agree with that. I mean, the socialization on a team sport can really help when you lean on your teammates, especially during COVID, but yeah, friends and family, that's what it's all about. So, well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was so nice talking with you and meeting you and I'm so excited to keep up with your career in Barcelona. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It was a lot of fun chatting to you and um, yeah, really excited to see um, how big your podcast can get. I think, um, yeah, you've had some really cool guests on so far and looking forward to listening to the future podcasts. All right, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode of The Daily Bailey. Remember to hit that subscribe button and follow on Instagram at The Daily Bailey Podcast or my personal account at Bailey underscore P-R-E-T-E for updates. I'll see you next week on The Daily Bailey.